in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, One in Three, who comes to us to tell us exactly who we are. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, who do you think you are? Has anybody ever asked you that question? I mean, it's it's really sort of not a question. It's more of a rhetorical question. It's more of a statement. It's more of something that when people say, who do you think you are, they're actually saying, you aren't who you think you are. When somebody says that to us, we know that they're being a little bit sarcastic with us, that they're being a little abrasive with us, that they're telling us that we have no right to be thinking or doing or whatever it is, the thing that we're thinking or doing. We have that sort of sense when somebody says, well, who do you think you are? And as hurtful and as distressing as that question is as when it comes from other people, it's probably even more damaging when it comes from deep down inside of you. It's probably even more damaging when you have that moment where you've been thinking or dreaming or coming up with some sort of grand scheme to maybe start a relationship with somebody to walk up to them and say, Hey, I'm Jay. Or maybe it's something that you want to do that uh, you, you probably don't have the training to do and yet you still have this feeling like you want to do it. Or maybe it's something else, but it's, it's big, it's huge. And that little voice inside of you, that whiny little voice in the back of your head creeps up and it says, Who do you think you are? And when it does that, I think all of us are tempted to, no matter how great that thing is, no matter how good that potential relationship might be, no matter how awesome that thing is, we're tempted to say, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Who do I think I am? And you lay it down. You quit. And you say, I don't know who I am. But it's not that. It's a tough place to be. To have that little whiny voice come up and say, Who do you think you are? And to make matters worse, St. Paul tells us exactly who we are. At the beginning of this reading in Romans. You see, at the beginning of this section in the reading in Romans, Paul lays out who we think, who he thinks we are. And he says, brothers, we are debtors. And living in our culture, we're probably like, yeah, duh, 
everybody's a debtor, right? Yeah, everybody who doesn't have a credit card. There's probably only a few of us. And for those of you that don't, you probably still have some sort of weird kind of debt out there, right? We're not really surprised that we are debtors. We count, oh, yeah, yeah. If you own a house or a car, you probably have some debt, unless you've already paid it off, then praise God. Um, but whatever it is, if, you, if you're going through school right now, you know what debt is. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to know especially what debt is if you're in Sarah's position and you've graduated, and then all of a sudden they start demanding that you pay for that debt. The nerve. <laughs> and then after you've paid into it for a long time, and it's sort of like me, and you're still paying it off, you're going, oh man, the nerve. But that kind of debt is not exactly what Paul is talking about here. He's not talking about that sort of rampant debt that um, seems to fill our lives. He's talking about extreme debt. So if you've ever known somebody who has had like $100,000 in credit card debt or more, that's the kind of debt that Paul is talking about. We're talking about debt that wrecks your life. We're talking about debt that is pretty much impossible to get out from underneath. Debt that you're probably just going to have to say, I declare bankruptcy, and then I'll give my debt to, oh, who would take it? The government. Um, And so, or you'll give it to your kids, even better. That's the kind of debt that Paul is talking about. And they had a particular way of solving that kind of debt in Paul's time. They had this place called Debtor's Prison. This place was lots of fun. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I've even heard some people uh, talk about how it would be interesting if we tried to instate debtors' prison into our uh, community here in the United States of America. Problem is, everybody'd be in prison. Um, yeah, this kind of debt was uh, you would actually go to prison. And so you would, you would cease to have your own identity. That, that's part of what it means to go into prison, is that you cease being who you are. If you're a father on the outside who is able to play with his kids every day, well, you don't do that in prison. And so you give up a little bit of that fatherhood. If you are a banker who goes to work every day and works with other people's money, but you, have, uh, you go to prison... Well, you're not going to be working with anybody's money except for, like, canteen money, which is, yeah, not the same. (laughs) You're going to lose a part of your identity. And that's exactly the kind of debt that Paul is talking about here. The kind of debt that causes you to lose your freedom, lose your identity, lose basically who you are and what you do in the world. And Paul says that's exactly who you are. You are a debtor. You owe so much that you should lose your your freedom and you should lose your identity. And it's a place that we don't like to live in. Because all of that debt is crushing down on us. 
And so you might be asking yourself, well, how does anybody get in that much debt anyway? Well, it's interesting. I've had the opportunity to talk to a few people that have been in that massive debt situation. Maybe not $100,000, but significant debt that they have on a credit card, which, by the way, is dumb. Um, (laughs) There are places I can help you. Um, And stop using it. But usually it's nothing like, uh, it's never a big purchase. It's never like a big risky thing that uh, people are like, well, you know, I really wanted to uh, save about 75 kids in Zimbabwe. And so because of that, I said, I will be willing to take on all of the debt necessary in order that those kids might live. It's never anything that big. It's never anything that heroic. It's little chintzy junk that piles up on top of everything else. It's, well, I can get the Vente at Starbucks every day, 365 days a year. Whenever Starbucks is open, I'm there. It's, I can have another cigarette. It's, I can spend my money on this little thing and that little thing. It's never anything big and heroic. It's always this cheap little junk. Which applies to how we get into that spiritual debt as well. I mean, so often, the sins that we commit are not sins that anybody is saying, well, I could kind of understand how you got in that tricky position because you were really trying to do something well, but then you got sort of uh, your, your wires crossed and then all of a sudden, some of us do, but most of us are pretty much just like um, the, the chintzy sinners. We're the sinners that are like, well, you know, a little sin here won't hurt. Well, it, a little white lie... Little looking up porn on the internet, little this, little that, and not really hurting anyone, really. And it builds up, and it builds up, and it builds up, and all of a sudden, surprise, you're a debtor. And the way that that happens is interesting. Because remember that little voice that I said comes up in the back of your head and says, who do you think you are? Well, that voice doesn't come off for chintzy stuff, does it? Yeah, when you're ordering that venti, the voice doesn't say, who do you think you are, Mr. Venti? When you're lighting up that next cigarette, the little voice doesn't say, who do you think you are? You think that you're somehow able to dodge lung cancer unlike the rest of humanity? When you tell that little white lie... That who do you think you are doesn't come up. It comes up when you're planning on doing something spectacular and great. When you're planning on saving those 75 kids in Zimbabwe. When you are planning to do something that will revolutionize your life and the lives of others. And that's exactly how it happened for God. Because you see, when... Jesus is confronted by Satan in the wilderness. That's the line of questioning 
that Satan uses with God. Because God is doing something big and spectacular. God is saying, okay, here's what we're going to do. The Father, I as a Father, I am going to give my only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, who Jesus then uh, says, okay, and then I will be there, and I will teach people, and then I will die on the cross, and then raise again, so that people can have you, and the Holy Spirit chimes in, and the Holy Spirit says, so that I can then go and power people into all of eternity through the amazing power of us together as the Trinity. It is the world's, the universe's biggest plan ever. And so Satan uses his best tool in his arsenal against big plans. And he goes to Jesus and he says, Who do you think you are? And Jesus gets on the cross and lets centurions bang nails into his arms. Let's people mock him from beneath the cross. And looks back at Satan and says, Who do I think I am? I'm God. I am God Almighty. I am God the Father, the creator of this entire experience. I am God the Son, the one who will come to the world in order to redeem it by my blood. I am God the Holy Spirit who will come into your life and make you a new person. I am God Almighty, God All-Knowing, God Ever-Present, God Triune, beyond your understanding. That's who I am. And then he looks over at you. And he says, this is my kid. This is my heir. Just so you don't get that confused, Satan. And so, when you're planning that big thing that you're going to do in order to change the world, when you are planning that way that you're going to save 75 kids in Zimbabwe or Vietnam or Cambodia or wherever it might be, when you're coming up with a new relationship where you can start it off with that person and tell them about the love and grace of Jesus Christ, when you're planning whatever that big thing is in your life and Satan comes to you with that needling little question, who do you think you are? You've got something to say. I am a forgiven, baptized child of the Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's who I am. So, let's practice. Who do you think you are? I am a forgiven... Baptized, Baptized. child of God, God God the Almighty, Almighty. Father, 
Son, Holy Spirit. That's who I am. Amen. Let's